0: Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. When we express worship to God, we may sing or use words that convey very powerful thoughts and feelings. However, sometimes we use those words without fully understanding what it is they mean. We're in a series that we're calling Words of Worship, and we're going to strive to better understand and apply those words in our walk with Jesus. Last time, Pastor Quint Limblad reminded us that amen is not just a spiritual period to a sentence. It's a reminder that we are meant for so much more than this present life. The promises of God are true, and we declare them when we say amen. Today Pastor Nicole returns to continue our series with another powerful word of praise. In fact, praise is every believer's high and holy privilege, and today's word exhibits that. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole.
1: So we are in a series called Words of Worship, and we are discussing some of the actual words that we say, some of the actual words that we sing in worship and what they mean. And by doing that, by understanding what we are saying, we can have more purpose and more meaning in our worship. So last week, uh, Pastor Quint started us off with talking about what word, do you remember? Shout it out to me, amen. I trust you learned something new, you understood more of what that meant. In fact, I told the first service this, uh, that I expect some amens to be said this week when you agree with the truth that I'm preaching. That will be a, a mark of how well you listened last week, okay? That, that will appreciate Pastor Quint if you activate uh, the words that he said last week. And so we're gonna do that today. Now, someone once said that there are three words recognized in every language. The first is amen. The second is hallelujah, which we're going to talk about today. And the third word is (laughs) Coca-Cola. So (laughs) no matter where you go in the world, these three words are understood. Here's a picture of Coca-Cola cans from all over the world. So we talked about amen. Uh, I don't think we need to say anything more about Coca-Cola. So today, we're going to dive into the word hallelujah. Now, the roots of this word are really, really deep. And I think understanding that will really help you today uh, give meaning and purpose to this word. But it actually starts with understanding another word. And that word is Yahweh. Maybe you've said this word before or you've sang this word before. Just say that right now, Yahweh. All right, so Yahweh is God's personal, self-revealed name. In Exodus 3, we watch this conversation happen. Moses says to God, "Um, suppose I go to the Israelites, and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. I love this because God's absolute uniqueness requires him to define himself by himself. There's nothing like him. There's nothing to compare him to. He really is. He is who he is. He brings into existence everything that exists. He is unlike anything we know or understand on earth. So I am who I am. He is who he is. He brings into existence everything that exists. And so I am who I am, that phrase is transcribed in the original Hebrew as Yahweh. So that's what that means in Hebrew. Now the Jews were explicitly commanded not to take the name Yahweh in vain. And so consequently, when they read the Old Testament, when they got to the word Yahweh, they were so reverent of it, they wanted to give it so much respect that they subbed it out for the word Adonai, which means Lord. And they were so concerned about disrespecting the very name of God, Yahweh, that they substituted it to Adonai. They wouldn't even say it. So here's where Hallelujah comes in. The closest they came to uttering God's name was when they would say these two words, halal and ja. Halal means to praise in Hebrew. And ja, which is short for Jehovah in Hebrew. So halal means praise, and ja is just a short version of Jehovah in Hebrew. So try to say these words together real fast. Go ahead, just right at your seat. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. If you say it 10 times fast, it's like, if you say a word 10 times fast, what it comes out. And what would happen is that these two words together, translated in English, you get hallelujah. So what hallelujah really means is praise the Lord. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. So when you say hallelujah, praise the Lord, you're saying the Hebrew word and the English word for the same thing. Let's just try it together. Ready? Let's, let's do it together. Let's say it three times. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. You're saying in Hebrew and in English the very same thing. Now, let's just break down a little further and look at what praise means. Praise is to have genuine appreciation for the great actions or the character of that person, to boast on that person, to express approval and admiration, to applaud, to commend, to glorify, to worship, to exalt, to adore. And praise is a verb. It's written as an imperative that expresses intentional action that is repeated or extended. And the scripture repeatedly indicates that praise to God is not optional for believers. Praise to God is required. And praise is every believer's high and holy privilege. It's every believer's persistent, preserving activity. Now, the word Coca-Cola may not be needed in heaven. I don't know. We may not need the word Coca-Cola in heaven. But these words, hallelujah, praise the Lord, will be in your vernacular for eternity. You will say these words, hopefully every day of your, your life on earth, and you will say these words when you get to heaven. Because when the time comes, the Messiah, the Lamb of God, will assume his righteous reign as King of kings and Lord of lords forever. And Revelation 19 describes that there will be a heavenly choir of the redeemed. That's you and that's me. And that's all the saints from the past and all the saints in the future. And that heavenly choir will triumphantly sing hallelujah, 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 praise the Lord for our God Almighty reigns. Perhaps it will sound something like this. goes into the synagogue and he reads a prophecy from the book of Isaiah 61, one through three. So Jesus is reading this from the Old Testament and it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted." to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion and to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes and the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, for the display of his splendor. Then after he reads these words from Isaiah the prophet, Jesus says, I am the fulfillment of this prophecy. Jesus says, you're looking at him, I'm the guy. I have come to fulfill this prophecy. Who you have been waiting for, you're going to find in me. And what this passage is describing is completely and totally filled in Jesus Christ. We are reading the promises of what Jesus did and will do in the world and in our lives today. And Jesus, the Messiah, announces that he is here to heal the damage that sin brings. He is here to heal the damage that sin brings. Sin brings great damage and destruction to us. Sin brings great damage and destruction to the world around us. Has anyone noticed? Has anyone noticed that sin is the thing that is constantly giving us trouble? in our own lives and in the world around us. And listen, we are in trouble. We're in big trouble. Humanity needs a great work of redemption and Jesus has done that work for us on the cross. And he's standing in the synagogue that day and he's saying, look, I am the fulfillment of this prophecy. I'm going to die for your sin and through the shed blood of Jesus, we are going to be saved and redeemed from the consequences of our sin. And so we see in Isaiah 61, and maybe you've never looked at it this way, but it says, because sin takes, sin steals, right? Sin destroys. Sin is the thing that makes us empty and broken. Sin makes us poor of joy. Sin makes us poor in peace. Sin makes us poor in satisfaction and fulfillment. Jesus says, look, I'm going to preach the good news to the poor. He's not just talking about people without money. He's talking about you and me. Because sin breaks our hearts, Jesus will bind them up. Because sin makes us captive and prisoner to our own desires, for our own consequences, Jesus will proclaim liberty to the captives. Jesus will set the prisoners free. Because sin oppresses and brings hopelessness, Jesus says, I'm here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And because sin is a crime that must be avenged and paid for, Jesus will proclaim the day of the vengeance of our God. Now, I just want to zero in on verse three again, because it relates to our word today, our hallelujah, praise the Lord word. Jesus has come to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. If you wondered why I brought my bathrobe today, it's because this is going to be our visual example of a garment of praise. I love the extent of verse three of this restoration from the damage of sin. It's so beautifully described here that instead of ashes of mourning, Jesus says, I'm gonna give you beauty. In fact, instead of the mourning at all, I'm going to give you the oil of joy. And instead of the spirit of despair or heaviness, I am going to give you a garment of praise. So let's just start with this question. What is a spirit of despair? What is a spirit of heaviness? You know, I think some of you today wish that you didn't know. I think some of you here today wish that you couldn't describe it, but the reality is you know it all too well. Maybe not even in this season of your life, but maybe you can point backwards to a season of your life that you experience a spirit of heaviness. Heaviness is an inward matter. It's a grief that sits on your soul, weighing you down. When I was preparing for this message this week, the Lord gave me a picture of the spirit of heaviness. I want to share it with you this morning. The spirit of heaviness is like an 8,000-pound elephant just crowding your living space, just crowding your life. You didn't want it there. You didn't ask it to come in, but here it is. You're trying to live your life, and you have this 8,000-pound elephant just crowding your space. Everything that you try to do, no matter what you try to do, that thing is still looming. It's in the back of your mind. You try to ignore it. You've tried to kick it out. It doesn't fit through the door. You don't know how it got in there. Right, you? you try for that thing. You try to feed it. Maybe if I keep it happy. But this 8,000-pound elephant is sitting in the middle of your life, and it never has left. Have you ever experienced the spirit of heaviness? Have you ever had a heavy heart, can you relate to this elephant in your living room? The spirit of heaviness puts a weight on a certain's heart. In fact, at some point, you can maybe have so much despair and heaviness that you have a hard time believing the promises of God. That maybe you know the promises of God, but you have a hard time believing them because that elephant just will not get out of your face. David, a king of the Old Testament, I believe, described a moment like this in Psalm 102, verse 4 through 5. He says this, My heart has been struck like grass and has withered. Indeed, I forget to eat my bread. Because of the loudness of my groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. You know, Jesus also personally felt the spirit of heaviness He had no sin of his own, but he bore the sins of his people. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before he died on the cross, it says in Scripture that he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. In fact, the spirit of heaviness was upon him, and he sweat great drops of blood falling to the ground. So the promise of God in Isaiah says that because Jesus bore a spirit of heaviness for us, the anointed savior will remove our heaviness and trade us for a garment of praise. That's what this promise is, that Jesus already did that. We get the good end of the deal. Jesus stood in our place, and so we get to stand in his. It's not an even trade. It's not even a fair trade, but it is a gift from a gracious and loving father. Jesus has hung a garment of praise in your closet. And he is saying, if you just give me that elephant, I will give you this garment of praise. Jesus takes our spirit of despair and our heaviness and he gives us, in return, a garment of praise. And if Jesus is offering us this trade and it's already done, according to Isaiah 61, and the garment of praise is available to us, how do we take it? How how do we take it out of the closet How do we put it on? It was interesting this week as I was was praying through this message, I really felt like the Lord was telling me that I think sometimes the problem is not that we don't know the promises of God. I think many of you know the promises of God. You can tell me the promises of God, but the problem is we don't know how to activate them. And so we stand in our house with a garment of praise in our closet and we think, well, that would be great if I knew how to put that on. I believe that it's there, but how do I activate it? How do I live out my Christian life with the promises of God? So I'm gonna give you just three things that I think are really practical today that you can take it out of the closet, all right? First one, you're not gonna like it, okay? I just wanna warn you. (laughs) Praise God when you don't feel like it. Praise God when you don't feel like it. You know, as an adult, I think one of the primary things I have learned is that life is just hard. Is anyone gonna amen that? (laughs) Life is, it's just hard, no matter what you do. Circumstances are hard, situations are hard, people are hard. (laughs) And you can feel like the world is just crushing you at times. And listen, even if you are a Christ follower, All of those feelings are still part of being a human on the planet. They don't just go away after you begin to follow Christ. They're still there. But here's the difference between if you're a Christ follower or if you're not, you can wear a garment of praise over top of all those feelings. Those feelings don't have to go away for you to put on the garment of praise. If you wait for that, you'll be waiting your whole life. And so you can take the garment of praise and you can put it on even when you don't feel that way. And when we wear a praiseful garment, we act as a child of God. We act as the child of God that you truly are. And you know what else happens when you put this on when you don't feel like it? You remind your circumstances and you remind your feelings who you are. And you say, look, I know I don't feel this way but I belong to God and he has given me a garment of praise and I'm going to put it on and bringing praise to a God who deserves it. No matter what's happening around you, no matter what your eyes can see. Now I was thinking there's a reason this is a garment of praise and not like a hat of praise or a boot or a glove. Okay. There's a reason. And it's in fact that a garment covers your whole self It wraps around your whole body. I even brought one with a hood, y'all, right here. Look at this. I don't know why you need a hood on a bathrobe, but in case you get cold. Uh, But when we clothe ourselves in praise and in gratitude, it's from head to toe, and that garment hides the flesh and the pride and the self and it just completely takes away any focus on ourselves. Because here's the truth, praising God has very little to do with who you are. It has very little to do with what you see and what you feel, and it has everything to do with the fact that Jesus is holy. And Jesus is merciful, and Jesus is kind, and Jesus is good, and Jesus is mighty, and he's abounding in steadfast love all day, every day, no matter how we're feeling, no matter what we see around us. So we got to praise him when we don't feel like it. we got to tell him he's good, and he's faithful, and he's the best. In fact, right now, I just want you to say it out loud, right where you are. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Just say those words out. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, whether you feel like it or not. All right, the second way to get the garment off the hanger and on your body is to praise God both inwardly and outwardly. Now, when John Bunyan, I love this story, he came into relationship with Jesus. He tells this story about how he was so anxious to tell someone, uh, but no one was around. And so he actually went out to the the uh, field he had just plowed and told the crows about the goodness of God. (laughs) He, He just had to tell somebody. You know, it's so easy to talk about our complaints, isn't it? Man, it's so easy to gripe about the problems of this world. There's a lot of them. And in fact, often I think we kind of find some um, solidarity in what we don't like, you know? Like, man, Walmart is just too busy. Yeah, it is too busy. You know, like, let's just talk about how much we like Target more than Walmart or whatever. You can vice versa those if you want. We are eager to tell about the wrong that has been done to us. But by doing this, so often we conceal the blessings and the mercy of God in our conversations with others. And when you trade for the garment of praise, like we talked about, the praise covers you. You're clothed in in praise from head to foot. And so that praise should seep out of every word and every action you have. So whether you're talking to to fellow believers or not, wherever you go, you need to tell about why God is praiseworthy. The first thing off your lips should contain evidence of the measureless love of your Father. That's what is seeping out of you because you have on the garment of praise. Now, putting on the garment of praise means you have to pay attention to God's mercies. You have to pay attention to God's mercies. I really believe that thousands of blessings come to us without our acknowledgement of them. Thousands of blessings come to us. They come in the back door of our lives and we store them in the basement. And we never ever thank God for them. We never ever say, we never even acknowledge them. In fact, let me just bring some to your attention this morning. Did you wake up today? Did you drive here in a car? Did you drink coffee that was hot? Did you see the colors of the leaves that, that God so sovereignly changes in this beautiful fall season? Did you someone smile at you when you came in today? Are you enjoying worship at a comfortable 68 degrees on a padded seat? Yes, yes you are, right now. That's happening. But we take these blessings in. We take them in, we take them in. The back door, we store them in the basement. We don't even acknowledge them. The scripture says everything good is from the Lord. And if it's good, it's from Jesus. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing every day, straight from the heart of God. And we don't even acknowledge or appreciate so often so many of the blessings. And so activating this garment of praise, putting on this garment of praise that's available to us, means that we have to record the goodness of God. I wrote this down. Praise takes notes. Praise takes notes. Praise invoices the favor that we have received. I love this. He who notices God's mercy will never be without a mercy to notice. He who notices God's mercy will never be without a mercy to notice. There are so many blessings all around us that God's just waiting for us to take notice of. So right now, would you say it with me this morning? Just one more time. Just think of something in your life that's been so good and just say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. All right, here's the last one. Putting on a garment of praise means that we must praise with a grateful memory. Now, this is similar to noticing our blessings, but it's important to remember what Jesus has done for us. There's a saying that goes like this. Bread eaten is soon forgotten. This is what it means. That God could fill your whole life with favor and blessing, years of goodness and prosperity. You, you could have everything you could have possibly dreamed for years and years, but the moment that something happens that is difficult or unwelcome, we grumble and we say to God, are you even here? Uh, like, like, what are you even doing and our memory fades from all the beautiful and wonderful things that God had done. And in order to wear the garment of praise, we have to maintain the memory of his great goodness. We have to keep in the forefront of our minds the loving kindness of the Lord. And We have to count up the spiritual mercies of God. You know, here's the truth today. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, yeah, I'm having a really hard time counting my blessings right now. And you know what? I don't know everything about your circumstances. I don't know everything about your past. I I can't imagine if we collectively took all the pain and heartache in this room, it would be deep. It would be so many things. But let me tell you what I do know. If Jesus never did anything else for you in your lifetime, if the rest of your days from here on out were void of his mercies, you can still have a grateful memory. You can still put on this garment of praise. You might say, pastor, I don't have anything to be thankful for right now. And I'm gonna tell you, there's one thing, I can give you one thing that you can put on this garment of praise. And that's this, 2,000 years ago, a man who knew no sin, who was blameless and perfect, he died on a cross for you. And when he hung there, taking the sin of the world upon his shoulders, your name and your face flashed across his mind. And he went through the pain and the turmoil and the torture and the embarrassment and ultimately the grave. And he did that because he loves you and he wants to be able to spend eternity with you. If you're here this morning and you aren't sure where you're spending eternity, Man, I beg you, do not leave this building till you get clarity on that. There is no promise of tomorrow. And we'd love for you to come down to these prayer tables during the end of worship today. We'd love to just talk with you, tell you more about the promises of God, help answer any questions you have. When we remember the truth that Jesus is our savior, despite all the other things that weigh us down, We can live in hope and joy. We can trade a spirit of despair and a spirit of heaviness for a garment of praise. And even if we can't count any blessing right now, we know that Jesus died on a cross for us and that's enough. That's enough for us to take out that garment of praise and wrap ourselves in it and thank the Lord that he did not leave us desperate and hurting. He does not leave us hopeless. Are you thankful that there is a solution to the 8,000 pound elephant in your living room today? There is a solution. God has brought a solution. He wants to trade you for a garment of praise. In fact, would you stand this morning? We're gonna go back into worship and if you have just had a hard time, you, you want to trade that elephant in, but you're not sure exactly how to do it, I'm just gonna ask you to come down to the prayer tables and someone would love to pray with you and talk with you. Or maybe you just need to to come up front and and worship and just say, God, I want that garment of praise. I wanna trade what I've been carrying so I can live in the promise that you've told me in Isaiah 61. But we're gonna just worship here for the next few minutes. And as we go into that, I just wanna praise God. So just right now, right at your seat, just thank him. Thank him for the mercies in your life. Thank him for the blessings. So let's just say this together as we enter into this worship song, would you just say this, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Just say it again, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Say it one more time, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Now just praise him right where you are. Just thank him, Jesus, thank you, God. Thank you for who you are. We love you. We give you praise today, no matter our feelings, God. We give you praise today because you have given us the opportunity to trade this heaviness. For a spirit of joy, we love you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. We'd love it if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with your friends. And if you're so inclined, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.